Again, welcome to Alive. If you joined us midstream or during worship, we are so glad you guys are here. And uh, we got a real special treat for you guys today. We do this every now and then, and it's been a while since we've done this. But what you're about to experience is what we like to call a five-on-five, all right? No, we're not playing basketball, although that would be cool. You guys can meet me at the court after service, all right? Uh, Five-on-five, what is that? For this message portion of our service, we have given five speakers five minutes each. (laughs) That's it. To communicate something from their heart that they believe the Lord wants to share with us. And we've given them the topic, I remember when, right? In in the spirit of Memorial Day and remembering and and pausing, uh, they're going to take us back to a place in their life where maybe they needed God like we all need God at different seasons, right? And and how God got them through that and how God wants to encourage you because he can do the same thing in your life. Amen. And so we've got five speakers Five minutes each. Uh, Jason Cash is speaking. Uh, Pastor Erica is speaking, followed by David Whitener, followed by Ian Biggs, and then Kathleen Biggs, all right? And so they all get five minutes, all different communicators, different personalities, flows, and styles. Same God, same Holy Spirit. So here's what I like you to do get your seatbelt buckled, all right, and your tray tables in their upright and locked positions, all right, because this is about to go down here, all right? And, and I tell you what, just the more you lean in, the more they're going to dish out what you guys need and what God wants to get to you. Amen. Are you guys ready for it? The last instruction is, hey, we encourage them. They are not full-time communicators. This is nerve-wracking for them, all right? They're trusting the Lord to help them. So after they're done speaking and when we're introducing the next speaker, give them a nice round of applause to help that transition. Amen? You guys ready? All right. Well, without further ado, I'm bringing up to you Mr. Jason Cash. Go get him, buddy. All right. Hey, guys. Well, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Jason, so you see me up here all the time. Um, I'm super excited to, to get to bring you a little bit of word. And uh, so I'm going to tell you about a time I remember when I didn't know my identity. And it wasn't necessarily that I didn't know who I was, that I'm like, oh, I didn't know I was Jason Cash. But I didn't know who I was in Christ. I didn't know the blessings and, and, and the prosperity and the things that I could walk in because of who I know, because of who I am in Christ, in Jesus. And so you know, I found my identity in a lot of different things and a lot of things that I did in, in, in the things that I accomplished in my talents and in, 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 in what other people think of me and other people's opinions. And I don't know about you guys, but I mean, it's pretty easy nowadays to like find your identity in what other people think of you, right? Especially when we've got social media. We've got Instagram. We've got TikTok. We've got Facebook. We've got Twitter all telling us what should we believe and how we should live and what we should be doing. And if you're not at this point in life, you're not successful. And if you're not looking like this, then you're not good looking. And it's, it's debilitating. It's demoralizing. It's, it just breaks you down. And so I grew up just with this mental image of myself that I am what other people think I am, and I'm going to find my identity in what they think of me and in the things that I did. And part of this was because, you know, I grew up just dealing with a lot of hurt when I was younger. And so, you know, I cherished so much what other people thought of me because that was the identity that I knew, and that's what I was comfortable with. But, you know, as I grew up, I, I realized, you know, this is an exhausting way to live. Because whenever you achieve something great, whenever you're winning, whenever you're, you're doing well, life is high, life is great, and you feel great about yourself. But whenever something doesn't go right, whenever you hit a snag, when you hit a failure, you feel like a failure. And I don't know about you guys, but I grew up constantly feeling like, like whenever I did something well, life is great, and I'm cool, and I'm good. And when something went wrong, or when I didn't win a competition, or you know, when I got a bad grade, or when somebody said something just nasty about me, 
I was a failure. That was my life. That's what I was walking out. And so, you know, even having grown up in church my whole life, I didn't have a revelation of who I was in Christ. And so, you know, so many times I think people look at, at how other people say we should be living. And I looked at how other people said I should be living. And it just, it, it made me feel lost and made me feel like that was my very identity and that I was that failure when things weren't going well. But I was also living life trying to please people so much that it got me into this terrible rut of even lying. And, and it's not that I woke up in the morning and I was like, I'm going to lie. <laughs> you know, I'm making this conscious effort. I'm going to lie to every person I see. But I was so worried about what people thought of me, I would just tell them what I felt they wanted to hear. And I don't know if you guys have ever been in, in this trap, but it's, it just makes it worse because then by the time, you know, you lie, you get caught up in the line, and people are like, why are you lying to me? And then suddenly you feel even worse because, you know, now you're doing something you didn't even need to do in the first place. And so, you know, it was just this, this realization of like, man, I... I, I just feel like I'm just nothing but the sum of everyone else's opinions around me. And that's such a lie from the enemy. And I think that's one of the number one lies that the enemy tells us is, is, is you know, looking at every, what everybody else is doing and then thinking that that's our identity. And so it really set me free. It was, and it was funny because it's not that I didn't know this, but, you know, there's a difference between knowing something in your head and having it really drop in your heart, amen? And, like, really having a revelation and a knowledge of what God says and knowing that in your very core. And so, you know, when I was in high school, I remember my youth pastor used to say, you know, God loves you so much. He had a picture of you in his wallet before he created the universe. It's, it's a cool little, it's a, it's a cute little catchphrase. And I'm like, okay, that's cute. That's nice. But, but guys, God loves you so much. He had a picture of you, a plan for you, a purpose for you, a destiny for you before he created the universe, Amen. Because he loves you so much. And this verse, it finally clicked for me. Ephesians 2, verse 10. For we are God's masterpiece. He didn't just sketch you out one day. He created a masterpiece. You are perfect, exactly the way he designed you. He's a masterpiece that he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do good things that he has planned to do for us in advance. God has a purpose for you. He has a plan for you. And everything, every gifting, every talent he's given you is for a purpose. You may not know what it is yet. I mean, I, I, I always, you know, had a musical ability. I thought it was because my parents had musical ability and I just inherited it. But that was a purpose and a plan that God gave for me. But that wasn't my identity. My identity isn't in the fact that I was a graduating valedictorian, that I have four degrees, that I've won numerous national and international competitions. It doesn't matter. What matters is who I am in Christ. And when I finally got a revelation of who I was in Christ, that I'm the head and not the tail, that I'm above and not beneath, that I'm overcoming, blessed, victorious child of the Almighty Father God who created the universe, that was finally when I got the revelation of who I am in Christ. Amen? That's what God says. That's what he says. And so, you know, it says in, in Genesis 1, verse 27, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. We were created in God's image. And we were created for a plan and a purpose. And so no matter what we do, you know, no matter how much we consider ourselves failures, how could we consider ourselves a failure if we're made in God's image, amen? If we have a plan that he predestined us for, amen? And so if I could just leave you with this, you know, it, it set me free when I got this revelation, free from a fear of failure, from a fear of not pleasing people, from a fear of my own unrealistic expectations. And so I just want to leave you, you are not the things that you do. You're not the accomplishments you achieve. You're not your talents and gifts and abilities, but who God says you are in Christ. Amen? Amen. So next up, we have Pastor Erica. Welcome her to the stage. Awesome. Isn't that so good? You guys fired up? Five minutes is short, so keep praying for us because it's not as easy as it might look. But I remember when my adult life 
was an unwritten page, an unwritten book full of empty pages. I'm a type A personality. I love my planner. I love when I can put things that are happening in the future. Recently, we did some kind of personality thing online, and like my highest score was in Timekeeper. And I was like, that's really, but I, I love, I love to know what's coming. And so I remember when my entire adult life was blank pages. And I remember that feeling and that continual feeling of the unknown future feeling daunting and overwhelming and intimidating. I remember being a 16-year-old girl. Anybody remember being 16 or maybe you are 16? And I remember for me in that season of my life, the biggest thing that I wanted was a boyfriend. It seemed like everybody had a boyfriend except me. And I remember feeling overwhelmed like as a 16-year-old, right? Like, God, are you ever going to bring, is a guy ever going to see value in me? Is a guy ever going to love me? Am I going to be married? Is that desire of my heart ever going to be fulfilled? And I remember the future seemed daunting in that area of my life. I remember 12 years ago when Eric and I stepped into our first full-time ministry role and we had to pioneer this college discipleship program from the bottom up and we had like two months to do it and we were a couple months into the program, and I remember one night we just felt overwhelmed by it all and, like, literally considered quitting. We felt, you know, ill-equipped and, like, God, we don't want to mess this up. Or, are you for sure in this? And the future of this feels daunting and hope we just don't mess it up. I remember 11 years ago being pregnant with our firstborn, being eight weeks pregnant with her, and I remember um, the overwhelming feeling of motherhood, like, Lord, this child, like, you know, I hope this child's healthy, and I hope I don't mess this up, and this overwhelming weight. I remember leaving dinner with friends just in tears over the anxiety and over the fear of the future of what is this going to be like, and do I have what it takes to be a mom? I remember four years ago when <clears throat> Eric and I you know, sold our home and packed up our young family, holding our baby in our hand to step out into God's call to start alive and so many unknowns with that. God, is anybody going to join the launch team? Is anybody going to believe in this? Is anybody going to show up to grand opening? Am I going to have to lead worship? Praise God I didn't. Um, but the daunting unknown of and in the midst of all of this, God, are you going to be able to provide for our family and all the unknowns of that season? But I want to remind you this morning, I want to remind myself this morning that we serve a faithful God in every season. I know for myself, there's still so many unknowns, right, about what does this year bring, what does the future bring. I'm sure you have things in the same way that, you, that are unknown and you don't know what it looks like and you wish you did. But we serve a faithful God in every season of our life as we put our trust and faith in him. He is always, always faithful. Because that 16-year-old girl who was worried about finding love, she actually already knew her husband at that time. She just didn't know that he was going to be her husband. And God had a good plan, and God had the you know, marriage of her dreams set up for her without her even realizing. That 24-year-old couple figured it out eventually by God's grace, and that discipleship program did launch, and through God's grace, discipled hundreds of college-age students. That baby growing in that... Um, that woman's belly became healthy and that, that woman figured out how to be a joyful mother of children. And that 32-year-old couple 
by God's grace, saw the miracle of a church being born from nothing into something and lives transformed. And in the midst of it, God provided for their family as well. You know, um, there's a scripture that I love in Psalm 37, 25. It says, I have been young and I am now old. I'm getting older, right? I've been young and now I'm old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging for bread. Isn't that such a great promise? God is faithful. And King David is saying, I have been young and I have been old, and the righteous have never been forsaken. I've never seen them begging for bread. God's been faithful to me. I know he's been faithful to you, and he's going to continue to be faithful through every season of our life. And so though we might not know what tomorrow might bring, though we might not know what this next season will bring, though we might not know all that is ahead of us and everything that is around the the corners ahead of us, we do know two things that are following us all the days of our life. In Psalm 23, 6, We find out that surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. And we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I love that whenever you're worried about where you're going, know that God's goodness and mercy is chasing you down. He's on your tail. That wherever you go, God's goodness and his mercy are going to overtake you and overpower you. Yes, we have hardships in life. Yes, there's challenges in life. But the, the sum total of our life is God's goodness and his mercy that's chasing us down all the days of our life. Will you guys give it up for me for the next speaker, David Whitener. Thank you, Pastor Erica. Um, she set me up beautifully here. Uh, first service was a little difficult um, for a reason, and it was this, that I want to talk about choices. And if we could bring up that scripture there, uh, but I want to talk about what those choices mean for us. Uh, you can see I'm a little nervous because I don't know where to go with this. But I, what I want to share is that one day, as a believer, and this was about five years ago, but it started about 10 years ago, I had a choice to make. And that choice for me was to click on that website. And that click took me to a place that I did not want to be. The scripture here says that I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. When I clicked on that website as a believer, I clicked and I took a step towards death and cursing. And condemnation set in. And that condemnation and that guilt began to produce into me a, a, a sense of, God, I can't come to you. I, I, I don't want to go to church because of what I did. And, of course, the enemy takes that and he says to you, look at you. Look what you did. How can you call yourself a believer? And that begins to produce even more condemnation. And I I, I said in the earlier service that I eventually, over time, came to a place crying to my wife saying, if I have to live like this, I don't want to live. And I've shared this before. It was tough. 
But I'm telling you, God, like Pastor Erica said, never left me. His mercy was following me. At all that time, it was saying, come on, it's okay, change, just make a change. And, you know, I, I would try to make the change, and then there come that temptation, and it would be another temptation. I would fall to it, and it just seemed to compound. And eventually, one day, it got so bad that I realized that I have got to do something. If I don't do something, I'm going to end up a statistic. The enemy wants to take you out. But I'm telling you today that he can only do that if you allow him to do it. God is waiting on you. He says, choose life. And all I had to do was to repent of that and say, God, I need your help. And I did that. And I came back and I started fighting for what God had already fought for me. He had already given me life. He had already given me blessing, but I was abdicating that by those decisions. So I made a choice to start force-feeding myself on the Word of God and to start listening to sermons and teachings that would encourage me. And then one day that freedom came, and I, and I, was, I could tell it was broken free. But the first thing that God told me was, you have got to get into the word and not to give up. Don't give the enemy another place in your life. And that next morning I woke up and from that time five years ago to today, I guard my heart. I guard my eyes. I guard my ears. Because folks, you give a little, he'll take, you give him an inch, he'll take a mile. And that place over there is not a good place to be. There are people who do not return from that place, and they end up pulling the trigger. They end up doing whatever it is that they do. But I'm telling you, it's not because there's not a good God that wants to bring you back to where you need to be. Praise God. I've got more time than I thought I would. Hallelujah. So this is my encouragement for you. If you were where I was at, this is my encouragement. Make cheap, Repent. Just, just say, God, I messed up. And then start saying, Jesus, help me. Help me to make the right decisions. And he will. He'll come. He'll help you make those right decisions. And then make him Lord of your life. There's a difference between Savior and Lord. Give him all your decisions. And when that temptation comes and he says, Dave, that's not for you. Turn away. Resist. You obey that and you find another place to be. Because that way is death. God's way is life. And as for my house, we're going to choose life. Praise God. Thank you. And now we're going to have Ian Biggs. Hear the bell and come out fighting. Wow. Praise God. That was amazing. Hi, everyone. My name is Ian. And I remember a time when I was addicted, looking for love, fun, and excitement in all the wrong places. I grew up an only child in New York City from a Catholic background, and I remember all my family members getting all dressed up, going to church about a couple of times a year, you know, the big days, and then they would go right back home and do the same old thing that they did before. It was like there was no real change or, or relationship with the Lord I also remember growing up, being an only child, looking for approval, 
looking to fit in, looking to belong. And I ended up finding a group of friends to belong with in high school. That was the group of friends that used to drink, smoke weed, and go to parties. We used to cut class, and we had no direction for God in our lives. There's a scripture that says, 1 Corinthians 2.9, this is what the scriptures mean when they say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. If you would have asked me that before, I would have said, I didn't need God. I'm, I'm living the high life right now. I'm doing what I want to do. Everything is going great. Well, you know, one day things just started crashing down on me. You know, I remember my parents being together for 20-something years. They separated, and then they were on the verge of divorce. And I remember leaving that home like it was yesterday. I remember being empty, and that was my only home that I lived in. And then my mom and I would just travel from place to place, and we moved several times in a couple of years with no place to call home. And honestly, I was hurt. And I, I played it off. I smiled. I just filled the void. I just kept going out, kept drinking, kept smoking, and being out all hours of the night. But then, and when we moved to our new neighborhood, we had an aunt who introduced us to a local church. And she invited us to come one day for service. And I said, sure, I'll go. Why not? I have nothing to lose. <laughs> so I remember the first time I went to church. I, I was just finished drinking with a friend, and I walked in late, of course, and I started dancing to the worship music like I was at a party, tipsy. And from then on, I said, all right, this is cool. You know what? I'll, I'll, go to, I'll, I'll keep coming. Why not? It gives me something to do. But I was still living one foot in the world, doing my own thing after church and before, and then one foot in the church. I remember the pastor said one day, he would say constantly, he would talk about sin and how we needed to change our ways and be fully devoted to God. I remember thinking he was crazy. I'm like, I'm too young for that. Like, why? I don't have the, I'm not ready to just get it together. But one day I was on a fire escape. I was on my fire escape because in New York, we, we sit on balconies and fire escapes sometimes. So I was on a fire escape. I was drinking I was smoking, listening to rap music, and I was just fed up with myself. And I remember looking in the sky and just saying, God, if you're real, show me, because I'm tired of living this way. I hear so many theories about who you are and what you have plans for, but I want you to show me personally. And just like that scripture, 1 Corinthians 2.9, it stands true. I had no idea what God had planned for my life. Well, I'll tell you, when I surrendered to God that night, he took away my desire to stop drinking and to stop smoking. I started getting better grades in school. I eventually got invited to go to a church, a brand new church with a bigger youth group. I stopped hanging out with the old friends, and I started to get new friends in the faith. I got involved in the choir for a short period of time. I started mentoring the youth, where eventually I, let, I, I met my lovely wife, Kathleen, who you're going to hear from in a little bit. We started going on mission trips together. We've been to Africa, to France, Colombia, 
And God is just amazing. You know, I, if I were to leave you with something today, it's going to be in Psalm 34, 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Now, if you were like me, you're not fully trusting in the Lord, or you're living one foot in the church and one foot out in the world, I challenge you with this. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Because he, he will transform your life. You just come as you are. That's what I did. I came as I was. I said, all right, God, I'm trusting you. You got to do it. Because I made a mess of myself. And I need you right now. So I encourage you. You meet him somewhere and say, Lord, if you're real, show me. Because I'm tired of living this way. I've been serving the Lord for over 10 years. And just like Pastor Erica said, he has never been unfaithful. He has never lost a battle. He has never let me down. And he's not going to let you down. You don't believe me? Try it. Now, I'm going to introduce Kathleen now. Hello, hello. Good morning, Alive. So I'm Kathleen, and I remember a time that I was broken. Um, I grew up in a very broken home. I'm the youngest of four, and my parents were alcoholics and also um, used marijuana regularly. And there was just, our house was full of abuse. There was emotional abuse, physical abuse, um, mental, psychological, and um, just a really toxic environment. And I was pretty close to my mom but did not have a good relationship with my dad. The only thing that I really knew from him was anger. And I just remember growing up, and I just was filled with hatred towards him. Um, he was mainly physically abusive towards my mom, but I remember a night that he threatened her life, and it was me and my two brothers who were home at the time, and threatened our lives. And from that day on, I just lived in complete fear of not only my dad, but of all men. And I just had no confidence. And um, growing up, I had, like, my, my friend circle all came from loving homes. Obviously, no home is perfect, um, but just, like, stable, balanced, loving homes. And on one way, on one hand, that was really good because I got to see what is, you know, what does that look like in a home. Um, but then on the other hand, it was really hard for me because I just felt so alone. I felt like I was the only one going through anything like that in the entire world. So as a result, I turned to... Um, just like ungodly rap music and kind of just idolize this particular rapper and felt like he was the only one who understood me, this like girl from Pinckney, Michigan. Um, but I legit was like, he only he knows. Um, and I just started drinking and uh, got into really unhealthy relationships with guys. And shortly after my 17th birthday, I was a junior in high school and I en uh, en ended up moving out um, into my own apartment with a boyfriend that I had at the time. And just didn't see a vision for my future and just allowed, you know, guys to treat me like kind of any type of way and just didn't see my value until one day a teacher in high school actually introduced me to Christ. And I just remember meeting her and I just wanted what she had. She's just so full of love and was so full of just gentleness and kindness. And I was like, oh, I want that. But she gave me a Bible, and I did not read it right away, um, so kind of doing my own thing. But eventually I graduated high school by God's grace, which is also a testimony. I was thinking about it because I'm like, 
I didn't even realize his hand was on me. I had no one to help me, tell me to go to school or anything like that. So even that was just already God's hand on me. And eventually graduated, broke up with that boyfriend. I moved into my own apartment. And I remember just being really lonely, couldn't afford cable. And so I pulled out this Bible that she had given me. And even though I, I pretty much didn't understand most of what I was reading, I just felt better when I read it. And so my, my circumstances hadn't changed. I was working at McDonald's at the time and um, on the verge of eviction. But in my Bible, I read in Jeremiah 29, 11, it's pretty common scripture, um, still one of my favorites. It says this, you may have heard it. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And I remember I was just so encouraged when I read that because I was like, wow, I didn't even have a plan for myself at all. And now you're telling me you have a good plan for my life. And so at that time, I was still living in sin, um, but I, I was just falling in love with the Lord. I was still, you know, drinking, partying, um, was listening to ungodly music. I was fornicating, all that stuff. Um, but the Lord called me to go to New York City to work with the youth there, and that's kind of a whole other story. He brought me with just $1,300 in my pocket. I bought a one-way ticket. I had no job or apartment. I just had a word from the Lord, and I knew I was supposed to go there. And he kept me because he's faithful. Recurring theme today, God is faithful. And so um, when I got involved with the church, he just stripped me little by little of all those old ways of living, of the sin that I was living in. And he healed me. He made me whole. He allowed me to forgive my father. Um, he gave me a purpose. He gave me Christian friends to walk out my faith with. And then I got involved with the youth ministry there and was just getting discipled by the leadership above me, and that's where I met my wonderful husband and entered into my first pure relationship. You know, and God has allowed me since then to just, um, since I've known him, to, to go on mission trips and to travel, and even that's such a desire of my heart that I never thought would be fulfilled. When you grow up poor with no direction, you don't think you can travel because what does traveling cost? It costs money. So, um, and he even gave me a good job too in New York, like a career, you know, there in this sense brought us back here, but just want to encourage you today that God formed you in your mother's womb. The hair and hairs on your head are numbered. He knows you. He loves you. He has a plan for your life. All we have to do is just say yes to him. Whatever he asks, I just say yes. Even if he's not asking me something, sometimes during worship, I was doing it this morning, I just say yes, Lord. I just say yes. I say yes. And so, you know, some of you maybe have met me before or seen me around and you say, wow, I had no idea this was, you know, how she grew up, and that's because the Bible says that Christ makes uh, us new. We are new creations in Christ Jesus. And so I'm a new person today, and I just give glory to God and uh, just encourage you to surrender your will to his. God bless you. Man, that was so good, wasn't it? Let's give it up for all of our speakers today. That was fast, that was furious, that was awesome, that was anointed. Man, I tell you what, man, it's so cool. We didn't, these guys didn't know what anybody else was saying or gonna share. Uh, we just gave them an assignment to share uh, Remember When. And I just love how the Holy Spirit always customizes when we do these. And there's a common theme, and you heard it, God is faithful. God is faithful, and God will continue to be faithful. Maybe you're here today and you haven't experienced that faithfulness. Maybe you've even given God a try and you felt like he didn't work or you didn't answer this prayer, or I haven't seen a move here or there. Just because we don't understand all that doesn't change the faithfulness of our God, amen? He's good, he is faithful, he's a man of his word, he loves you, and he will walk with you through any situation you encounter. 
It could be an identity crisis. You're caught up on what the world thinks of you, what other people think of you, trying to please everybody, trying to post something that gets likes or responses or comments, and you're living your life chained to uh, people's view of you. God wants to set you free and be faithful. You might be here and under uh, uh, just fear of like the unknown, like, Lord, what, what does next month hold? What does next year hold? What, what, what is, what's coming around the bend in my life? I'm nervous about that. I'm anxious about that. But man, God's got a great plan. He'll walk you through hand in hand through any situation in life. Maybe you're here and you're like, ah, I've been choosing death. Every time I'm tempted with this temptation, I choose death instead of life. Just be encouraged today with the word of God that God places before you both life and death. And he's cheering you on and your church family's cheering you on and other people are praying, choose life. It's so much better than death. Death feels good in the moment and in the season, but life is how you're supposed to live life. Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly, amen? You might be here caught up in the things of the world and with no hope or no plan or no purpose. But you're like, God, if you're real, reveal yourself. Maybe that's your prayer today. If you're really real, if all this stuff, this church stuff, this Jesus, this Christianity stuff is real, then God prove it. Give him an open invite. Make room in your heart for God to come in and reveal himself because I believe he will. And I'll tell you what, we already know the answer. He's gonna be loving and he's gonna be faithful. And maybe you're here today and man, you just, you've, you've been dealt some not so good cards in life. Maybe your upbringing was rough. Maybe the circumstances in your life would create a hard, calloused heart towards anything good in your life. Just know that, man, God sees you where you're at and he loves you so much right in that place. But he, remember, we sang about it last week. He loves you so much that he won't keep you there, amen? He'll take you to a better place, a more abundant place, a blessed place, a, a fruitful place, a place of purpose and of passion. And that's the God we serve. And so, man, I love every single thing that the, each communicator shared. And you can't argue with the story, amen? It's their testimony. But here's the thing I wanna communicate to you, and I feel like God wants to under, make you sure you understand. If God did it for them, he'll do it for you, amen? God's no respecter of persons. God doesn't play favorites. This isn't just for the church people that get blessed, come on. He wants every one of his children walking in his ways and his purposes, amen? And that is good, and that's life. And so today, he has set before every single one of us life and death. May we choose life together. May we choose to do the hard thing. May we choose to go his way and not our way. May we choose to run from the things of the world and run to the things of God, amen? And know that God is on the other end of that. And he's good, and he's faithful, and he's gentle, and he will love you and lead you in every step you need to go, amen? The question is, have we made him Lord of our life? Have we made him Lord and Savior? And so I, I never like to end a service without an opportunity for us to respond, and specifically those of us that maybe need to get on the right side of this decision for Christ. And so here in person, if you guys would be willing to bow your heads and close your eyes just out of reverence of this moment, online, no more moving around, no, no, no shuffling right now, just stay dialed in. I believe this is for some of you as well that are tuning in. You're here today and you may be like, man, I need Jesus. You might have known about Jesus. You might have been to church a bunch of times, but you never knew that you could have a personal relationship 
the God and creator of the universe who loved you, created you, made you, and has plans and purposes for your life. Today, let that be your mark day. Or maybe you have prayed a prayer maybe a long time ago or years ago where you're like, Lord, I did this. Yeah, I, I received Christ in my life, but I, I've denounced him or I've walked away from him or I've been running in the opposite direction from what I know. And it's time to come home. It's time to get it right in your heart again, wherever you find yourself in either of those invitations to receive Jesus for the first time as Lord or to rededicate your life. God's in this place and space right now and he, he's not holding it against you. He's not mad at you. He wants you home. He wants you right. He wants you in the right place. And he re gladly responds to those of us that respond in faith. So whatever you have bowed, every eye closed, if you're here today, both in person or online, and you want to be included in this next prayer that I'm about to pray to invite Jesus into your heart for the first time or to rededicate your life to him, would you just slip up your hand real high so I know who I'm talking to? Thank you. I see those hands. I see those hands. I see those hands. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Online as well, this is for you. I'm not gonna call anybody up or embarrass you. Let's just all pray this and repeat this prayer after me, knowing that God hears us. He's faithful. He's gonna come in and do something special and new. Father, repeat this after me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for your son, Jesus. I receive him as my Lord and Savior. Jesus, come into my heart, change my life, and help me live a life pleasing to you. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Somebody celebrate with us. Come on. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To further connect with us at Alive, visit us at alivefamily.church. And remember, people matter and Jesus is alive.